0: you're listening to the tennis.com podcast and here's your host Ed McGrogan Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Tennis.com podcast. The Aussie Open Edition. Steve Tigner and Ed McGrogan here, um, getting together after the latest Federer and Nadal match. Uh, this semifinal, as have many in the past, have gone to Rafa. Uh, he wins 7 6, 6 3, 6 3. This is her 33rd meeting. It was their 33rd meeting. Rafa is now 23 and 10 over Roger. Um, lopsided record lately, especially in majors as well. I think a stat that a lot of us forgot, but is still kind of jarring to hear is that Feder hasn't beaten Rafa at a major since the two, since 2007 at Wimbledon. Um, as you wrote, Steve, after the match, this is this performance today from Rafa was really kind of a reminder of just what makes the matchup so difficult for Roger.
1: Yeah, you know we'd seen Federer play well the last two rounds, win easily over Song and and you know pretty comfortably over Murray, and you know we started to think that maybe Federer, you know we talked on we talked here about how maybe Federer could, you know maybe he's playing well maybe he's playing well enough and Rafis is a little subpar, uh, maybe Federer could could do something this time could turn it around um, and of course. Pretty quickly, it became clear that that wasn't going to be the case. The first set was pretty close, but Nadal was N- N- Nadal was the better player and that set. He was the one who had break points. I anticipated, and usually, what usually happens in these matches is Federer jumps out to a fast start, and maybe wins the first set. But even that didn't happen. Rafa made sure that didn't happen. Um, you know, we just saw that, and Federer said it after the match. It's just, it's just a different. Matchup for him, he has to change his game. Murray, for him to play Murray and Roth is just a completely different world. Not even so much their levels of play, just the way he, the way that Nadal plays. And you know, he's left hand. Not only is he left handed, but he's just very careful about, and very good at neutralizing any of the things that Federer wants to do. He, if he wants to attack, he can't attack his serve because it always goes into the backhand and always. Um, you know, Rafa mixes up the placement to the backhand well, too. Gets him out wide and goes into the body, and he can't really attack. It's tough to attack from the ground because of the the heaviness of Nadal's shots. And Nadal just played well. He just played better. He looked in control, maybe a couple nervous moments here and there, but, you know, he was just... Um,
0: yeah, you, you got the sense that even if... Um, you got the sense really from my thought that even if Rafa wasn't at the level that he was at, this would still... Have been very difficult for Federer, but it didn't help, of course, that um, you know Rafa was really tra- giving Federer pretty much everything he gave him on the on the usual backhand to forehand rally patterns. I thought I thought Federer actually for the most part really hit his backhand well tonight. I thought the best one he hit came right back at him for a winner, which kind of you know typifies everything. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Rafa, of course, hit his backhand very well, too. I thought it was a good match for, for people who like backhands, for sure. Um, and, you know, overall, Rafa showed none of the, you know, at least visually besides the, the zoom-in during the medical timeout, there was really no evidence of that blister, you know, making an impact on his game. I mean, was there any – that didn't even pop into my head. I don't know about you.
1: No, his serve was fine. I mean, he wasn't blasting his serve, but he didn't have any troubles. Um... Not many double faults, if any, um, and, when, and like you said about Federer's backhand, he hit his backhand pretty well, um, but he only hit could only hit two winners with it. You know that shows what what Nadal can do, even if somebody's hitting the ball well. Yeah, and
0: um, yeah, it, it's another example I think of of when we look back and and you know see the kind of really support Roger had, not just fan support, but kind of some people moving over to his sign um, after so much evidence historically of the contrary to what Nadal can do. I mean, you just saw how it played out yet again tonight. And and the record, you know, just becomes more shifting towards rough. And he can really, he can really kind of put Federer down with a win in the final, of course. Not only would he collect a 14th slam, he could do so. You know, this time he would also actually take out another, Little ally of Fetter's Stan Wawrinka, his uh, his buddy there. So that's the final. It's in you know to me after watching this. You know I know it's when you're watching tennis, it's almost like what you saw last really live really leaves the biggest impression. But you know if Federer in this form couldn't really dent Nadal, it's really hard for me to see Wawrinka even the way. He's playing, being able to do you know much more than that. I think maybe a set is kind of really the most optimistic I give Vavrinka in this match. But to me, it looks like kind of you know one of those first-time finalists going up against you know the ultimate battle-tested warrior here.
1: Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, probably the last five times that Nadal and Vavrinka have played, I've said this is the match where Vavrinka's <laughs> is finally going to win a set. <laughs> the match. He's never won a set from Rafa in their twelve matches. I you know, every time I speculate that and he's come close, he's had set points, but he still hasn't done it. So I I'm not gonna even go out on a limb and say that Stan's gonna win a set. He's been playing great. He's been playing you know, been mentally tougher and, and and just all around better and he, he could definitely challenge Rafa, but I, I can't predict anything but straight sets for Nadal based on the history.
0: Yeah, it is going to be the same. It's going to be very similar in a lot of ways to today with, you know, the the countries going against each other. You're going to see the same forehand to backhand pattern. It's, um, it's going to test. It's clearly going to test Vavrinka. You know, it's, it, it's a, it's been an Australian open of tests for him and he's passed a lot of them, but it would, it's so hard to picture him coming out of this with that final win, um, but we shall see, I suppose. I think, I think perhaps the uh, women's final is a little tougher to call, even though the rankings of the two participants are much different than the men's final. Because, you know, with, with Lee Na, we have a two time finalist in Australia, but we have a player who is never a sure thing. Uh, she obviously could have been out of this tournament last week if uh, she didn't get a match point. Uh, miss by about 5 inches and in Sibolkova you're getting a player who's really on a tear right now um, hitting a great ball you know with her win over Rudwanska in the semis I mean you could not you, you couldn't even envision that sort of just domination from her there um, you know what are your thoughts on this women's final because this one's a little uh,
1: trickier to talk about Elite has is 4-0 against Sibolkova um, some of those matches have been close. Some of the sets have been close. So I, I wouldn't say this is going to be a up, But she's a strong favorite. She's won a slam, so she doesn't have that nervous "I'm going for my first slam" thing. But at the same time, like you said, she will be nervous, and she she can succumb to nerves. And I would anticipate that she'll have she'll have some bad moments. She's not going to. I don't, wouldn't say she's going to roll through this match. Um, Silakova won't have as much to lose, and she showed. You know, she showed a closing ability against Redwansky. didn't really show any nerves even pulling off an upset there. She just came out and blasted her off the court nothing, and kept going. Um, it is conceivable to think that she could do something similar. Not something similar to Lee Na, but to, that she could keep playing that well and beat Lee no, that's not That's not out of the question, but, um, you know, I think you have to take Lee. She's played in the finals here twice already and gone three sets both times. Um and she has that sort of thing where she's playing on sort of extra time, having basically been out of the tournament against Safarova. But like you said, Safarova missed a shot by five inches to put her out of the tournament. I feel like that's almost helped be more relaxed um, since then.
0: Can I actually ask about Rod Wanska? Um, because just thinking back on really what, you know, how, how badly she's lost the semifinal and how – You know, how big a chance, I think, a lot of us obviously thought this was for her with so much of the top tier out of the way. And this is, you know, coming off of last year's really Wimbledon semifinal um, missed opportunity as well. I mean, and you're someone who I know has spoken highly of Rodwanska, her game. It's very appealing to watch. Um, You know, what do you think about this going, about her going forward? Maybe this year, and just in general, kind of her, her down the road. I mean, these are some. This is a pretty dispiriting loss, I would think, for someone like her to take. And and you know, you start talking about those top players who haven't been able to break through, and you see maybe what happens to them. I'm I'm kind of thinking of like Wozniacki here along the same lines. You know, what do you think about Rodwan's going to 40s? This is a pretty tough loss. Yeah, it's tough,
1: especially tough, the day before, she played the best set of her life to beat Azarenka, a really fantastic, probably the highlight of the whole tournament. And then she comes in and throws in this terrible match where she basically barely moves um, and gets blown off the court by a person ranked way below her. I think she said the same... Th- she had the same thing happen at Wimbledon last year. She had... A, all the top players have been knocked out. Um, she had a really good chance... To win the tournament even better than this one but she played but she lost to a player that she should would normally beat in Lasicki. it wasn't as bad as this match but she lost and she came in and said that she was tired she played too many three-set matches she said the same thing in this tournament I'd say that's just something you have to you're gonna have to deal with and learn to deal with I think you know I think she, she'll have to you know she, that's just not something you can come in and say and really use as an excuse because that's just the way it's going to be you have to to play a lot of matches to get to the semifinals and also i wonder whether part of it was mental she didn't seem to react well either time to to having a real opening to winning a grand slam she seemed it seemed to she said it was a physical issue and i believe her but i also think also seemed to me that she that she um didn't react well to the moment mentally yeah um,
0: well, we will um, we'll catch up after the two finals, whether it is in, uh, from the New York to Melbourne podcast or back here. But that is next time you'll hear from both of us on the podcast. And in the meantime, of course, you know, check out Steve's reports on Tennis.com from both the finals and from today's Federer-Nadal fin- semifinal. Um, thank you to Steve, and thank you all for listening. To tennis.com You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.